Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. There's nothing like learning to think on your feet. (laughs) And the earlier you get started, the better you can do it. There's no doubt about it. You may have said or heard for sure this statement. His nose is so high in the air, if he goes outside in the rain, he will drown. You've probably heard that. The idea is this person is so arrogant, so prideful, they walk around as though their nose is sticking up over everybody else. In fact, the Greek word for Pride means to walk around with your head held high. And the word for the neck is in that word pride because the neck supports the head. And therefore, to be a person who is proud or prideful walks around with his head held high, trying to be higher and above everybody else. For this morning, as we come together on this Father's Day Sunday, I want to ask you, ask all of us, let's make our fathers proud. Now, having just said what the word pride is, it sounds like, well, we don't want them to be that way. But of course, we know that the word proud or the word pride has two sides to it. And therefore, we're going to think about how we should be. We want to be people who make our fathers proud. I've already mentioned that tonight we have three young men who will be speaking. And I think that will make not only their human fathers proud, but it will make our Father in heaven proud as well. So I hope you will join us tonight for that time of worship. But as we think today about making our fathers proud, I want you to think with me in the Old Testament about a man that you know, and you probably remember the story quite well, but let's think about the man Nebuchadnezzar. He was a study, or he is for us, a study in walking around with your head held high. Notice with me in Daniel chapter 4, particularly if you want to turn to the text, we will be there. And I want you to notice that this man, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the greatest empire in the world. This man walked around with his head held high. Now, I get it because he's the king and he sort of has to be better than everybody else. At least that's what people say. In fact, maybe you didn't know it, but in the Jewish system in Israel, 
it was determined that the king's palace had to be the highest structure in the city. Nobody could build a place higher than his palace. And so in mindset, the king is way up there. He's held up high. Well, that's how the king Nebuchadnezzar was. He walked around with his head held up high. But I want to suggest he began with his head held high improperly. I want you to notice what the definition of improper pride is in the life or the events of King Nebuchadnezzar. As the book opens, you recall Daniel and others had been taken captive from their home in Jerusalem and Judea and brought to Babylon. And there they had to live. In chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream that he doesn't understand. And it comes to be that Daniel is going to tell him the meaning of the dream. And he was happy that Daniel would do that. But then we notice in chapter 3, here is the first characteristic of what it means to have pride improperly. To hold your head up high improperly. The first key is this. You create your own God. Pride, improper pride, creates its own God. In chapter 3, Nebuchadnezzar decided to build this huge image. And he said, every time you hear the trumpets and the music playing, you all need to bow down and worship the image. Very likely was the image that he saw in his vision in chapter 2. And he made that image. And it may very well be that when he was given that vision, Daniel told him what it was, the meaning of it. He built the image after the dream. Do you know what Daniel said in the image? You recall the four-part image? He said, you, O king, are the head of gold. Maybe Nebuchadnezzar in his head said, Oh, look who I am. I am, in fact, the head held high on the image. And therefore, everybody, you bow down and you worship this image. Anyone who has pride improperly creates his or her own God. Pride is about saying, I will do what I want to do. I will worship what I want to worship. Pride says, I have the God, and the God is the one that I am going to create. There were three. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who did not bow down. Well, the leaders under the king said, King, didn't you say that everybody has to bow down and worship? Yes, I did. We found three who won't do it. Boldly, they came before the king. Are you not going to worship like everybody else? No, we're not. 
You're not going to bow down when the music plays. No, we will not. And the king was irate. He had this massive fireplace. Now, we think about a fireplace, and we think about something over there on the wall, a little bit bigger than a chair, maybe. But that's about it. No, his fireplace was massive. It was like the size of a room. And he said, the penalty for not bowing down, we're going to throw you into that fiery furnace. In fact, because of your stubbornness, make the fire seven times hotter. And when they threw those men in, the ones who threw them in died. It was so hot. Right before he threw them in, Nebuchadnezzar looked at the three and said, and what God is going to save you? The second characteristic of improper pride is to ridicule the true God. To speak against the true God. All we have to do is look around in our world today and we can see God being blasphemed at every hand. We can see God being spoken of in an evil way every time we turn around. And they are flaunting it in the face. What God is going to save you? Of course, you know, if you know the story. That there they were, thrown into the fire, but nothing happened. Didn't we throw three men in the fire, Nebuchadnezzar said. Well, there's a fourth. And the text says, and he looks like the Son of God. And when they came out of the fire, they didn't even smell like they had been in a fire. And Nebuchadnezzar praised the God of those three, but it didn't take long. For his head to rise again. In chapter 4, in fact, 12 months later, the Bible says that he was walking around in his palace and he looked and he said, Is not this the great Babylon that I have made myself for my own honor? The third point, the third characteristic of pride is that you now worship yourself as God. Pride says, this is what I want, this is my God, and I'm going to have it. And there's nothing that you can do about it. But right here, he says, 
after saying, who's going to save you? What God is there? Blaspheming him. Now I become God for myself. I am my own God. The improper pride that Nebuchadnezzar had looks just like that even today. But the story is not finished. Here was a man who walked around with his head held high, but immediately after saying what he said, in fact, the text says, while the words were still in his mouth, God spoke. This man who walked around with his head held high was cast out with his head held low. He was driven out for seven years to live like one of the cattle in the field. His hair and nails grew. He was wet with the rain and he was hot with the heat of the sun. And for seven years, his head was low, eating the grass of the field. The text continues. Then my reasoning returned to my head, he said. This man whose head was held high improperly had lived with his head held low, and now he rises to have his head held high properly. He comes up from that state and he says, the God of heaven is the God and we should all worship and follow him. Here was a man who was a study in pride. The improper pride, what it drove him to and what he learned from it to understand how to hold your head high properly. Today, I want you and me, I want us to walk with our heads held high. In our Bible class this morning, in here in this auditorium, we were talking about humility and lowliness. And it was stated that while we are to be humble and lowly, we also should have a proper evaluation of ourselves, understanding that we do have great characteristics. We don't need to be depressed. We don't need to have ego problems. We just need to understand who we are. And that is being made in the image of God. And if every single person understood that they were made in the image of God and would appreciate that, we might have far less mental issues going on in the world. I want you to hold your head high. I want you to make your father proud by holding your head high. And I want you to notice how to have pride properly. 
Scripture tells us how to have proper pride. Let me share these with you. Because if we will do these things, we will not only make our earthly fathers proud, but we will make the God of heaven our Father proud as well. Number one, take pride in tribulations. Well, that's a tough one. James would say, when you are tested and tried, rejoice. What? Jesus said it in the Beatitudes. When they persecute you, rejoice. Romans 5 and 3 says that we boast in tribulations. Paul said of himself in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he said, I will not boast in anything unless, or if I must boast, I will boast in those things that concern my infirmity. In 2 Corinthians 12, he's praying to God to remove a thorn in the flesh. He really wanted it gone. It was bothering him. And God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. And then Paul said, therefore, I will gladly boast in my tribulations for when I am weak then I am strong proper pride takes pride in tribulations we can be proud that we have to suffer certain things for by suffering we are made better by suffering, we are reminded that this world is not our home. There is a better place awaiting. We take pride in tribulations because many times they are the result of people who don't appreciate our stance and they make it tough on us. Be proud of tribulations. Number two, take pride in your brethren. Take pride in your brethren. Paul said of the Corinthians in three different times in both letters, I boast about you. He even said in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I want you to know that, that you are our boast and we are your boast. What is he saying? He is proud of his brethren and they are proud of him. If you want to make your father proud, your father in heaven, be proud of your brethren because all of us have him as father. Isn't it sad when you see physical families at odds with each other? How many times have you heard a mother or a father older, nearing the end of life, knowing that the children are not getting along would say, I'm not going to be here much longer. Will you please try to get along? 
to be together. If you want to make them proud, that's what you do. We should take pride in each other. We should take pride that we have a congregation of people that work together. We should take pride that we have good people to call when we're in trouble. We have people that we can help so that we can be of service. This place, this church, this group of people, we should be proud of each other. And that makes our Father proud. Number three, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul praised the Corinthians. He said, I boast of you to all the Macedonians concerning your desire to give. We should take pride in giving. Now, it's not the kind of pride that says, hey, Watch what I'm giving. That's what the Pharisees did when they dumped a lot of money after blowing a big trumpet so everybody would watch. But Paul was proud of the Corinthians because they had a giving spirit. We should be proud. Take pride in a giving spirit. Take pride that you have the opportunity to give. Take pride that you have the resources to give. Whether it is time, talent, money, whatever it is, advice. Take pride that you can give. Because giving, as Drew well said, is about us being changed by the giving. It helps us take pride in it. Number four, you want to make your father proud? Examine your own work. And then you'll have rejoicing in yourself alone and not in another. Galatians 6 and verse 4. Take pride in your own work. That, obviously, the bad side of that would be to say, hey, you see what a good job I did? Come on, tell me about it. Look over here. No, no. Think about proper pride in your work. For instance, our shepherds. Are you proud of how you talk and think and plan and consider how to shepherd this church, take pride in being a shepherd. Take pride in serving that way. Are you a deacon? If you have a job here specifically as a deacon, take pride in it. Don't just let that work exist. Don't just be someone whose picture is on a board out there and you have a title that says deacon over such and such. Take pride in it. If you have pride in your work, you won't just let it happen. You'll make it happen. You'll dig in 
because you're taking pride in your work. If you're teaching Bible class, do you just walk in at the last minute, just play a few games and sing a few songs? Or do you take pride in the fact that you have a chance to teach young or old minds to help them improve? Take pride in teaching. If you're here cleaning the building, take pride in it. It's a signal that you're doing your work. We could mention over and over, thing after thing after thing, Take pride in your own work. Number five, Galatians 6 and verse 14, Paul said, I will not boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the whole world's been crucified to me and I to them. In other words, boast in the cross of Jesus. The text says that it was a, a humiliating thing to hang on a tree. Cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. We should take pride in it. Don't run from it. Don't be ashamed of the idea that you believe in a Jesus who died on the cross and was resurrected again. Take pride in the fact that Jesus died for you. Take pride in the cross of Jesus. This book reveals all about that. But finally, Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 2, I boast in you for the hope of his coming. Paul was proud of the people whom he had taught who became Christians. He took pride in the fact that he had a chance to share the gospel with people who eventually obeyed that gospel. So now the coming of the Lord Jesus will reveal that they are saved people. And he's proud of that. Are you proud of every person who decides to obey the Lord, every new Christian? We should take pride in that. Proud of them and for them and with them. Because that's their journey beginning with the Lord. I want you to leave here today. And I want you to make your father proud. I'm going to do something a little different this morning. Maybe to bring it home. We always have the same kind of clothes, don't we? And after doing it for 40 years, it, it gets a little bit, how are you going to do it differently? How are they going to? You just expect it. Because most of the time, especially when we didn't have songs up on the screen, as the sermon began to wind down, I saw people putting Bibles away. You could hear books being pulled out. But I'm not finished. So we're going to do it differently to make the point. Why don't you go ahead and stand?
Arrange everything around you like you want. Because now we're finished. But now we're serious. You going to make your father proud? If you're not a Christian, your father's sad. He wants you to be his child. You want to make your father proud? If you're not a faithful child of God, he's sad. Don't you want to make him proud? This would be the time to do it. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.